0: Hello, welcome to the Dear Writer podcast. I'm Sarah. And I'm Ashley. We're two aspiring collaborative authors sharing our writing journey with you. The ups, the downs, and everything in between. Whether you're just starting out or a more
1: experienced writer, we hope that you'll find this podcast inspiring and thought-provoking. And here's
0: the show. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to Dear Writer. Today it is episode 17 of the podcast and the third episode of our Culturing Creativity in Our Lives mini-series. Today we're going to be having a chat about how it's okay to relax and the benefits of taking time out to reset.
1: Yeah, and so I did have a just short disclaimer. So what we're going to be talking about today skims sort of the topics of managing anxiety and stress. But I did want to say that if you are struggling to get through the day on a more consistent basis and you're having unmanageable physical symptoms, um, just to name a few of them, like finding it hard to breathe, a sense of impending doom, sweating, palpitations, a rapid heartbeat, trouble concentrating or sleeping, those sorts of things. If you're having a lot of that, then I would highly recommend that you talk to your doctor about it.
0: Yes, please do. But with that out of the way, maybe we should jump into our conversation. Yeah. So I was thinking we could start with an easy, nice, easy question. What do you do to relax, Sarah? Or try and do to relax. (laughs) Maybe a better way to phrase that.
1: I am not the best at taking time out to relax. And I'm constantly working on that because often I'll let anxiety and stress mount up and go by unnoticed until it gets to a point where I'm quite anxious. And I've kind of learned the signs of this for me. Not that I can't breathe, but I will often yawn a bit more or Mm -hmm. I become hyper-focused on my breathing and it feels like I can't get enough air in but for me I know what I can do to make that better and in my brain even as I'm feeling it I know that it's anxiety related so I dive into the root of the problem Usually it's because I've got a lot going on, exams and things, or I haven't been exercising, been putting too much information into my brain. And so once I pinpoint the problem and reassure myself about it, it seems to get better. But I do have techniques like meditation and yoga, which I use to unwind. Uh, So a long time ago, I discovered a technique of progressive muscle relaxation, not sure okay. if you've ever
0: tried that, Ashley, or? No, I've never done yoga and I've never meditated. So <laughs> I've also never done, what do you call it? Um, progressive muscle relaxation. I've never tried that
1: either. Meditation is is really good. It's supposed to help maintain. I think they've done studies. Don't quote me on this, but I'm fairly certain they've done studies that it shows people who meditate more often have increased gray matter in their brain. Oh, okay. Later in life and things. So it is sort of proven more more than just a, a placebo effect or right. a relax relaxation method. It does actually have some physical benefits as well. Oh, yeah. But so progressive muscle relaxation is you tend to start with muscle groups I always work top to bottom and you just get yourself in a space where it's quiet or maybe you might have some nice music going on in the background there is like a couple of different methods one of them i think is clench the muscles and the area like so clench your face and then let it relax and totally but then for me i tend to do it if i'm having difficulty sleeping i'll just lie in bed and i'll think about relaxing each group of muscles right one by one i'm so good at it now that i usually don't get through the whole thing (laughs) (laughs) i'll get down to
0: like i don't know my back muscles or something and then i'll be asleep <laughs> that's a good technique. I often struggle to get to sleep, but I go for the cruder method of counting backwards from a thousand, which is fine, except when you get to zero, it's really depressing.
1: 99 bottles of beer on the wall. Yeah, takes a really long time. But yeah, that's what I usually do. <laughs> so I might
0: try your method.
1: Yeah, it is quite there good. Go. Um, the only thing is because I use it so much when I go to sleep, Using it during the day sometimes doesn't work that great because oh no. you don't really want to be falling asleep in the middle of the day. Although if you're having anxiety, maybe you do. I don't know. However, I find just yoga is really good for focusing on breathing, but in a positive way. So right, because yoga is all about letting the breath in and then out as you do movements you know, stretching your muscles. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I find that quite calming. I will often indulge myself. Well, not often, but I will sometimes indulge myself by having a bath or just really simple things to relax.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. How about you? What sort of things do you do to relax? Well, as I said, I've never meditated or done yoga or done the progressive muscle relaxation. I am one of those people who has a very, very active brain and I think that maybe stems from the fact that I also work in an academic subject so my brain is always working quite intensely yeah and uh, by the nature of working in an in academia obviously it's incredibly high pressure to perform as well so it's quite a stressful environment but it's okay I've learned a lot of techniques as well to cope with stress and things I do get quite intense anxiety sometimes and I don't have the same symptoms as you. I have the, the like stomach, like upset stomach oh, where okay. your s- tummy goes like all weird. And then I get the shakes basically as well. But I've discovered and it's more, I think, a situational one, if that makes any sense. Mm-hmm. Like something happens that makes me really stressed yeah so mine's usually if I've say used a chemical that's really really toxic and afterwards I'm like oh I hope I didn't get it on myself and they'll be like oh my gosh did I get it on myself oh my (laughs) gosh am I gonna die and then like have like a massive panic attack but it's okay I'm getting better at them but obviously other other things too can trigger it but for those I usually just take a moment go it sounds weird I go into the the fire escape (laughs) I guess it's probably quiet, Terrain. It's really quiet. No, goes into the fire escape and then, you know, just like breathe, calm down. Sometimes I'll go for a walk until my heart rate settles down again and I stop, you know, shaking and feeling like I'm going to be ill. And then usually I'm okay after that. But apart from when I, you know, have a bit of anxiety, I try and swim a lot. I find that for me, so I used to be a competitive swimmer. So swimming comes very naturally to me, but I, also usually do quite an intensive program which means i have to think a lot about the swimming that i'm right. doing so counting lengths counting strokes uh, so when i'm doing that i don't have like the brain capacity <laughs> to think about anything else except for okay there's five more strokes to the wall turn that's five lengths now i've to do six lengths up oh, i'm five more strokes from the wall turn seven mm-hmm. lengths like that so it ends up being quite relaxing and i generally find exercise helps me relax a lot anyways so the- the combination's quite yeah. good, except I, I have been injured quite a lot in the last year, so that's been quite frustrating. So I haven't been allowed to swim yeah. as much as I want to. Yeah, that would be hard. But that's okay. It's very annoying. But I can go back now that my cast is off, so that's good. Yay. <laughs> but we'll see how long that lasts for. I also do aqua aerobics, which again is one of those things that you can't think of anything else when you're doing aquaerobics because it's so intensive and a lot of weird like motions. Sounds very intense. <laughs> yeah. The lady who some people think it's just for old people. And sometimes I think I might be an old person in a thirty thirty year old's <laughs> body. But the lady who does our aquaerobics, she's a personal trainer and quite like she's a really intense lady. So the average age of our class is probably I'd say thirty to thirty five. So very young and very Oh yeah. Yeah. Energetic and quite it's quite intense. That's good. That is good. But again, the pool that this lady usually does it at, suffered a catastrophic fault during level the, our first level four lockdown um, in March. So it hasn't been going, which has been very depressing. Oh dear. So I, I tried out a new aqua aerobics last week and it wasn't the same. The lady wasn't the same. The music wasn't the same. The pool was different. And I was, I don't know if I can, how much on board I can get with it, but I will give it another go. <laughs> Anyways, I also uh, walk my dog a lot, which helps. One, because he's really cute, <laughs> and two, because walking helps. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Just reach down and pat him, have those endorphins released. Yes, exactly.
0: I also am a big fan of cryptic crosswords, and I do take time out of my day every day to do one. It sounds a bit counterintuitive because you do have to use your brain a lot, but it is applying it in, I guess, a different aspect, Yeah, like a different way, so that tends to make you kind of forget about whatever is bothering you because they're so challenging and I like to think it's good for my future brain health yeah staving off dementia and everything so like, I've got to do it every day for the rest of my life <laughs> yeah if you haven't done cryptic crosswords I would highly recommend they're a good time they're very satisfying when you solve <laughs> when you puzzles. Solve
1: it. unless you're like me and you're just staring you at it, it for A ridiculous amount of time.
0: (laughs) That used to be me, but I got, there's a lot of tricks and clues that you figure out kind of how, how the puzzles work and then it becomes slightly easier. I'm still stuck at about by myself. I can finish half a puzzle and then I'll have to come back to it and I can like maybe get another few clues. That
1: would stress me out so much. I'm sorry. (laughs) I think it would be a good thing for some people, but I think the perfectionist in me would really (laughs) stress out about not being able to finish it.
0: That's why I usually do it with someone in my lab, because between us, we can pretty much, if we don't finish the puzzle in one go, it's unusual. All right. Yeah. Sometimes we'll have to Google or look at one clue and it will be some obscure reference to a poet that we've never heard of. And we're like, well, okay, yeah. fine. That's why we don't understand. But we're getting quite good. By yourself, it's a little bit, so just a little bit harder, I think. It's one of those things that's easier to discuss with another mm-hmm. person. Otherwise, I do. I also do puzzles as well. Like normal, like jigsaw puzzles. Puzzles are fun. They are fun. And they pass the time really quickly. They do. And they're also very good for distracting yourself they can be from whatever issues you're having. Quite addictive. Exactly. Like, oh, just do it. I'll oh, just work on it for five or 10 minutes, two hours later. You're like, oh, where'd the time go? So I think
1: the next question is, why do we think it's important to take
0: time to relax and do these things? I think... To start with, it takes quite a toll on your body, both mentally and physically, when you're constantly going, whether it's thinking or working, whatever, 24-7. Mm-hmm. And I think that when you are able to take time to relax or take a break, even if it's just taking an actual lunch break at work or, or whatever your chosen method to relax is, I personally find I have higher productivity. Uh, I think it's probably because you feel a bit more refreshed and you're able to focus more and you're not sort of weighed down by all of the thoughts or whatever was going on in your mind before. Yeah. Kind of gives you a, a clearer picture on what, you what you're were, what you wanting to do. So I find that's one thing that's really beneficial and probably one of the reasons you should try and take time to relax. Mm-hmm. Obviously, it is very good for your mental health I think helping you to reduce stress and things like that if it's something that works for you I know for some people it might not so but if it does work for you then it is it is good and another thing that I find is really you know another positive that I take away from it is it I think I write better when I'm more relaxed
1: yeah definitely
0: if I try to sit down and write immediately after work especially if it's been quite a stressful or a really really hectic busy day I can hardly write to start with and two it ends up even if I do manage to write I always have to fix a lot of it because it's not either it's not focused or it's not particularly I'm gonna go with very it's not particularly me if that makes any sense like it doesn't sound like my usual writing so I have to go back and work on it again right. at another time what about you Sarah so I think I well between
1: us we've talked about some of the physical symptoms and mental symptoms of anxiety and I think that can be really detrimental to your health overall from a medical perspective the stats around anxiety are actually quite huge I think it, it, it's a stat that's kind of been toted around quite a lot I think of, in recent times but um, if you haven't heard it before uh, also about one in five people suffer from some sort of anxiety and COVID's only really made that worse with isolation, financial stress, and concerns about health and wellness. I, as you said, I definitely see that. Yeah, I think it really does affect your creativity uh, because when you have these anxious thoughts, I think people who are worried or anxious and stressed, you tend to have a different type of thought pattern where you're thinking you're ruminating on the same topic over and over again. And, Mm -hmm. or you could also be like, your mind can feel a bit cluttered. Like there's just all this information going in at once. And so I think if you don't take that time to wind down, then it comes through into your writing and it can be hard to form a coherent narrative out of, out of your writing. If you write when you're really stressed, which I think is kind of shown in what you were saying actually about be right after work not being able to feel like yourself when you're sitting down writing yeah I think when you've got so many thoughts going on in your in your head that it's really hard to to get a clear picture yeah like I did a brief search on the internet about just creativity and anxiety and it Mm -hmm. came up with a lot of stuff about um creativity and anxiety being highly linked okay and I was kind of felt a bit conflicted on this because I think the causality between like is highly questionable. I'm not really sure, you know, and some of the articles that I read kind of mentioned it, you know, does creativity attract anxious types of people or does the isolation that we face cause anxiety? Because typically writing is a very solitary activity. And I, I would say it's a bit of both, I think but I, I don't think it really has to be that way.
0: Mm, I'd agree.
1: Yeah. Like we were talking about before with with anxiety being like stunting your creativity. I don't think it's helpful to be that way. Like I understand that for some people, you know, they're coming to it from a perspective of using their writing as a sort of cathartic kind of thing mm-hmm. for them. But I do think that certainly you don't have to be a tortured
0: artist to do well what would you say about that Ashley I think I haven't I haven't looked into this very much but I would agree that maybe tortured artists might be more of a stereotype than anything else you know I think hopefully these days a lot more people are, are breaking that mold yeah I hope I hope so too um,
1: for for their health if anything
0: else yeah yeah. yeah, I don't, I kind of agree with what you were saying before where creativity and, oh my gosh, <laughs> where well, creativity and anxiety are linked, but I guess they could be linked both ways. You know, they sometimes can help you a little bit if you're anxious, especially getting to know, I think, characters in your books. Mm-hmm. If you've had anxiety and your characters in your books are, you know, really anxious or really stressed, you're able to portray that better. I suppose. But then the other way as well, where your writing can be detrimentally affected if you personally are too anxious or too stressed and you end up not producing your best work. Because I find that also happens to me in both in my professional life and when I'm writing, that if I'm too stressed, I don't produce my best work. So I can still produce stuff, but it's nowhere near to the, you know, I have quite a high standard. It's nowhere near um, the standard that I would usually be happy with yeah I suppose yeah I definitely think that
1: I mean obviously every experience that we have adds to our writing in a positive way that we can express things more and we can relate with our characters more but I don't think you should be seeking out these negative experiences um, simply no. for the fact of oh you know only tortured artists do well and i can't express this situation unless i've lived through it because i do believe that that's kind of what is great about being a human and being sort of empathetic creatures is we are able to put ourselves in other people's shoes and sure maybe we we might not get it perfectly correct every time but as long as we're trying to understand it i think that's kind of what makes us human and what is the best way to sort of try and develop your characters as well.
0: Yeah, I, I think so. I agree. I agree. So the next question that we were going to talk about is what some of the barriers are to being able to relax. What, what do you think, Sarah? So I think guilt is a huge factor,
1: mm-hmm. I think, for a lot of people, myself included. I know even, even simple things and... So when I I was brought up and I'm like, this is a positive thing because you don't want your children to be lying around watching TV all the time. But I felt like often we were pushed into going outside. We were pushed into like doing stuff constantly. And I, I feel like in some ways that's carried through into my adult life is sometimes I do struggle to sit down and relax because I feel guilty. And I'm like, what? I've got the curtains closed at in the middle of the day and I'm watching TV what am I doing (laughs) how dare I have time to to do that when I could be writing or I could be outside and like enjoying the world so yeah I find that kind of hard and I know I've heard writers with young children say that they feel when they sit down to write that they're not being good parents they're not they're not interacting with their children and when they're interacting with the children then they they feel that they're not being the best writer that they could either i think that's the same like i don't have any children but i can certainly understand that that would be a really tough thing to face and i find that even just with my my husband sometimes i feel guilty because that he you know works these really long hours and then he comes home and i shut myself in my office for (laughs) for half the (laughs) night (laughs) yeah but yeah so I think guilt is a huge thing and I think you just need to to let yourself know that it's okay and we talked about scheduling a little bit in our Mm -hmm. last culture and creativity episode and I think scheduling is really important because it allows you to use that time and focus completely rather than Mm -hmm you know, and once it's done, it's done as well. You can't, if you're going to schedule something, you need to to give yourself that time and then not let yep. it bleed into the next things on your list because then you'll still start, you'll still keep feeling that guilt coming through.
0: Yeah. What do you think, Ashley? Oh, I would definitely agree. I think generally speaking, a lot of people have a really hard time winding down and relaxing. Uh, and I think especially people in the same situation as us where we have a day job and we want to make time to write Um, so kind of feel like you need all the time that you can get for your writing when you're trying to fit it into such a busy schedule Mm -hmm. so you know we try and use all the spare time that we have to write or at least we try to I try to anyways and then again yeah when you want to relax you start to feel guilty which I think that's okay though it is a barrier to relaxing, but I think it's okay because it does mean that you care a lot about your writing, which I think is important. Cause if you didn't I think feel like you should be doing things, but it's actually then being like, hey, but it's okay and I really should relax. Um, I think another issue is finding something that actually makes you relax. Mm-hmm. Like for example, for me, I really I can't watch tv and movies very much anymore because i do not find it relaxing in any way at all i get incredibly anxious and overthink things especially when i'm watching really you know intense tv shows murder mysteries dramas thrillers all that kind of stuff and my mind won't stop working so it makes it so much worse and then i but like the catch 22 of it is i only want to watch tv shows and things that are really good, you know, and worth my time to watch. But all of those are really intense, heavy subjects. So I <laughs> end up just not really watching anything anymore. Some kind of like, yeah, I guess f- finding things that that you enjoy that actually make you relax, I think, is yeah. another thing that can be difficult. But you just have to try lots of different things, try new hobbies, perhaps. Yeah, you do have to find
1: what you do to play, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, I, I heard it said you know what do you do when no one's watching and that's probably what you'll enjoy most doing and so that's what you should spend your time on when you're trying to relax yeah although now that I think about it I'm not sure that's necessarily I'm not 100% that's brilliant advice from the terms that like a lot of us, I think, would say that we really love writing and reading, but I think it's also about having a variety of activities that you can turn to so that you're not using your brain in the same way all the time. I think you need to be able yeah. to exercise your brain in different ways, I think, is part yeah, of it as definitely. well. definitely. <laughs>
0: because I was just about to say, if you ask me what I do and no one's looking, it would be writing. And oh. I was, <laughs> that's the opposite point that we're trying to make. <laughs> That does does lead into really nicely, though, our last question to talk about, which is what do you think about writing to relax? When, before we started taking, like actually working incredibly hard to get our books up to scratch and, you know, thinking about doing writing more of a, not full time, but more intensively, let's go with that. I would have said that I write to relax. (laughs) That is definitely, I don't think the case anymore. But I know a lot of people write journals and do expressive writing to help ease stress and relax. This isn't something that I do personally. I've tried to write journals a couple of times, but I don't know if it's the critic in me, but I find myself criticizing and wanting to edit my journal entries, which then doesn't help. So I don't really do that anymore. Um, But sometimes... I do view the novels that Sarah and I write as a little bit of an escape especially when things you know are stressful in life and work and whatever uh obviously we've created these other worlds that we can step into so sometimes I do find that it helps a bit especially if I've managed to you know calm down my stress and anxiety I can then jump into a novel and it's you know quite fun writing about other characters and things for a yeah. little bit makes you forget about whatever's been happening what do you think have you done a lot of journal writing
1: I'm kind of a bit similar to you. So I used to do quite a bit of journaling, but it's not so much that I want to edit what I wrote, but it's after that I don't know what to do with it. <laughs> because <laughs> if I I feel the temptation to read it and then when I read it I'm like, "Oh, wow, that is just so embarrassing. What the hell were you thinking?" <laughs> <laughs> or after reading it then I want to burn it but then I can't quite oh no. convince myself to burn my memories because that just seems too sad so then I like hang on to it in this weird space and it'll like you know I don't know have a bunch of journals and a shoebox, box that I don't know what to do with oh my gosh <laughs> but I've also I've done a little bit of freefall writing and occasionally I'll do I'll find that helpful because it's a bit of a different type of journaling it's more yeah and I'm a bit less judgmental about it because I'm purposefully going into it with the idea of writing down whatever comes to my mind and so it's not like journaling where you sit down and you're like today this happened (laughs) I mean it could be but if it does you don't judge yourself as much because it's kind of like stream right. of consciousness kind of writing. Okay. Yeah. I see. And I see. we might talk about that in the upcoming episode, another culturing creativity episode at some point. It'd be quite yes. fun. Do some
0: free fall writing. I've never tried it. So we have to give ourselves some, some homework <laughs> to do it first though. So random question. What, what perspective are your journals in? Are they first person or are they like a weird Sarah? Did blah blah I think blah. They're first person. Mine have been both. Oh, that's <laughs> like, interesting. Yeah, so sometimes they're first person, but I've gone back and read some from when I was a teenager, and occasionally they're like third person objective. <laughs> <laughs> Usually
1: mine are writing to my future self, and it's quite funny because at the beginning of most of the diaries, it'll have this weird disclaimer of like, you're going to read this in the future. And want to bang your head against a wall. I'm sorry. <laughs> and usually it's true. Oh my gosh. You're like, oh no. But I did get to a point though where I stopped writing. I only wrote happy stuff in my journal, which kind of defied the point as well because I didn't like reading about the sad stuff. <laughs> so then I just sort of gave up on it. But. Maybe maybe they'll they'll make good material
0: for books one day and go back and read Teenage Zero. Uh, I haven't I don't think I've written a journal entry since I was probably maybe seventeen. And I go back and I've got very sporadic journal entries and I'll read them and I'm crying with laughter because I just I can't even deal with what I've written down. So <laughs> I don't think I'm gonna do it as an adult at all. <laughs> it's too it's it I don't know. Yeah, that's the same. as Maybe someone out there journals all the time and they can explain to us how you get past the self-criticism reading it back later. Maybe, maybe.
1: I did want to say though, if you're not like us and you do journal, I think that's really great. I think writing can be a great way to get your feelings onto paper and to crystallize your thoughts. But you do have to be aware that not everything you write if you're going to write for the purpose of getting your head around an issue should necessarily be made into a book. I think you do have to have some clarity and objectivity before you go through the process of putting your experiences into a book. I think it's a great thing to do and it can help, can really help you understand things that are going on for you, but it might be helpful for you to kind of set it aside for a little while and just let it sort of mull mull over it and then one day in the future you'll probably know and be like okay now now a good time to to start Mm -hmm. getting this into something yeah something that maybe others will read but yeah it's totally fine if you never get to that point as well just recognize that it's a work for yourself and that's really cool all righty is that about all we have time for yes i do believe yes. we've run out of time and i think that was our last point did you have anything else that you wanted to say No, no, nope, nope, i'm good what about you sarah i'm good um so to wrap this up so next time on dear writer it's the third of our author spotlight interview series keeping ear out for that i guess
0: <laughs> yep it should be a really good interview i'm quite excited about it
1: Yes, yeah,
0: me too. And
1: in the meantime, if you want to get a hold of us, you can visit us on lindersoncreations.com,
0: and you can also check out our Instagram or Facebook as well. If you want to get hold of us, that's also linderson
1: at lindersoncreations. You can rate and review this podcast on Apple Podcasts would be really helpful. If you liked it, uh, subscribe on whatever podcatcher you use. Tell a friend about it. But yeah, happy writing, everyone.